Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we're coming to you live, of course, from the internet. We're live in two places over on Crowdcast and YouTube, or you're listening to this on a podcast, in which case, hello, we love you too. It's all good. And hopefully... We love you, and you know what? We are in love with you. That's Both right. It's the season, yeah. season <laughs> to profess your love for strangers. Mm-hmm. Um, and love, actually. Yes, oh, but boy. from a safe distance. It's like that scene with Andrew Lincoln, but he's 20 feet away. You know, he's like on the other side of the street, shouting at Keira Knightley, being like, read my signs, read my signs. Um, we, my wife, we watched the movie The Family Stone. She's like, This movie is such a good holiday movie. And we watched it. I was like, What? No, it's not. <laughs> it is not. So, Family Stone had Stemmy know because I don't know. She was really going to bat for this movie. And I was like, Dilbert Mulroney? <laughs> Whatever his wow. name is. He's the star of the season, right, Pete? I don't know. This is your Pete. You're on the rom com beat, Pete. Pete's rom-com beat. You should know this yeah. stuff. Yeah, I guess I've seen that once, but I don't remember it being good. <laughs> there you go. All right. Justin, maybe you want to get married to Pete. That's what I'm saying. You know, he knows Too what's late, up with the baby. <laughs> Too late. Uh, folks, we have an exciting show for you. Little order of business. Uh, we did have a guest scheduled for this week. Uh, his name is Rick Remender. Uh, he is not able to meet it, uh, be here this week because he is slammed with work. Because he's he scared. Be- Wow. Are, are you intimidating? <laughs> you, uh, did you intimidate him? Because he's not even going to come back. He's not coming back till 2021. Yes. Yeah, no, he, he will be on the show in January. I believe we scheduled him for January 12th, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but he did have a very busy week. But, folks, that's fine. We still have an awesome guest for you this week that I'm very excited to chat about. Uh, so I am going to call him right here into the yes. street right now. He's the creator of a book called In Teddy We Trust, uh, which you're going to see a little bit of in a second. Uh, it's a little bit of a cute little, also horrible riff on Teddy <laughs> Roosevelt as a teddy bear. It's terrifying. There's a really uh, there's a lot of blood and stuff. Uh, his name's T.E. Marshall. I'm going to find out if that's a pseudonym, because it certainly sounds like he's riffing off the whole uh, teddy thing. I don't know if that's happening, but ladies and gentlemen, T.E. Hey. Marshall! Hey! hey. Hello! Hello, how are you? Thanks for coming in. Let's see, Alex, Justin, and Pete, hello. 
Great to Hello. meet you. Hello. I love Great it. Great to meet you. Amazing. Uh, congratulations, first of all. Your Kickstarter for Intendi We Trust was successful, right? Yes. Yeah, nice job. Did a lot yeah. of hustling and got to the finish line. Congrats. <laughs> and now you'll never have to work again. That's how Kickstarter works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only. I'm, I'm, all, I'm trying to get there, you know, one day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, now, I asked this right before you came on. Uh, T.E. Marshall, is that your real name? Because it seems very close to the whole Teddy Roosevelt T. Because of the T. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> T? Alex, what, what are you trying to do? You kind of trailed <laughs> off there. Your logic kind of just fell off on that. I did. You can see, like, <laughs> the gears grinding to a halt, right? This is indeed my name. It is my initial. Wow. I, I thought I'd sound, you know, I wanted to sound like more of a science fiction fantasy prolific Smart. writer. So mm-hmm. condensed the, the, you know, first and middle name into T.E. And there we go. We got my writing name. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> oh, man. Pablo is razzing me about my question there in the comments. I feel terrible. Wow. Let's get into a, a more serious one. <laughs> That's about- an ironic <laughs> dig right there. <laughs> uh, about uh, Intendi We Trust, because uh, this project is by turns uh, cute and gruesome at the same time. What was the initial inspiration? Did you go to like the Museum of Natural History, saw Teddy Roosevelt, <laughs> and you're like, you know what? What if he was killing demons? <laughs> so I used to commute like a lot in my one of my day jobs back in uh, a few years ago. I started listening to all these history podcasts. They were super cool. Ooh. And I got really into Teddy Roosevelt and the Rough Riders, mm-hmm. uh, the yes. story. And then I went to my very first Comic-Con last – or 2019. Um, that actually was my first Comic-Con because I only recently decided I want to be a comic book writer – uh, I was working on my first book. I went to Comic-Con, and I was just riding in one of the metros, and I just thought to myself, you know, I really like Teddy Roosevelt. What if I just made him a teddy bear and then had him fight demons? And it just kind of clicked in the moment. <laughs> the spirit of Comic-Con got to me, and I was just like, I need to make this now. And then I went to one of their what's called a creator connection sessions uh, where they take riders – at Comic-Con and they have them sit down with artists and they do speed pitching. And I ended up pitching this artist named Luis Rivera on an idea for a teddy bear fighting demons. And he loved it. And then we started working on the book right after that. And a year later launched a Kickstarter. And here we are now. Wow. Uh, now awesome. uh, we're looking through some of the pages here. This actually starts on inauguration day, January 20th, 2021. Is this a accurate depiction of events to come? <laughs> so this, this was an alternate reality. Um, oh, okay. I guess we'll here see. We have, you this can't was say it's me, alternate yet. Yeah, this was me predicting the outcome of the election, you know, back in 2019, uh, in which the big twist is that the winner of the election is a third-party candidate who has a billion Twitter followers and just tweeted everyone the night before election to vote for him, and then he ended up winning that way. Hmm. But these demons, as you can see, are not too happy about him winning, and they come to take him out on his inauguration day. So, uh, even uh, look, we're looking uh, at the first page here, which, as I mentioned, is kind of gruesome and bloody yeah. and in a hilariously over the top way. But given that you have this adorable teddy bear who is fighting these demons, how'd you find the mix between cute and uh, gross at the same time? <laughs> so. Funny enough, the inspiration was that Theodore Roosevelt, you know, is the original inspiration for the teddy bear, right? So teddy bears were created 
you know, in honor of Theodore Roosevelt, because there was a story that said he went hunting and his people trapped a bear and they asked him to kill the bear. And he said he would never kill a creature that didn't stand a chance of defending itself. And then he ended up getting a lot of acclaim from this and a toy company made the teddy bear to honor him. So I thought, what if, you know, he came back and he was a teddy. And the irony in that is he did not like being called Teddy. He liked being called Theodore. So now you have to deal with, you know, the fact that he's a teddy bear and people are calling him Teddy and he doesn't like that. So I thought it'd be, and really the style fell into the hands of, you know, Luis, my artist. And he really blended the character in a way that, you know, he's both cute and intimidating and we're able to do some pretty cool action packed sequences because we're a comic book. We're meant to be a little gory. Uh, we're not trying to go PG here. Yeah. Let's go all the way. Now, do you feel like people will start to um, adopt this vision of Teddy, of Teddy Roosevelt, former <laughs> yeah. president, Teddy Roosevelt? <laughs> well, that's the plan. You know, I, I really like what we've done with this so far. It's a pilot and I've worked out, you know, a series Bible of what we could do with it. If I continue to make one of these a year. And so, you know, if I do one of these a year for the next 10 years or so, I hope that's going to create, you know, a niche audience. It's going to portray this character in their own ways and we can see what happens. But I really love the design of this character. And, you know, for our Kickstarter, we even made some cool masks like this one where you can, put it on and you can have the teddy thing oh, yes. oh i need my glasses and i, I could dress mm-hmm. up as teddy for the next halloween that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> so uh was this was this your first kickstarter project and if so what did you learn from the experience this time out so this was my first kickstarter but it's my second crowdfunding so okay i did an indiegogo it was going on when i went to that first comic-con and I learned then because I was a nobody, I aimed too high. I had a goal that was for $30,000 and I had, I knew nobody in the business. I just thought, let's be ambitious. I did raise in the Indiegogo $3,000 and I put it straight into the book and that book I'm, I'm now self-funding cause I do still want to finish it. Um, that'll be done nice. by next summer. But in the meantime, I found another artist that, um, you know, the art costs weren't as incredible. So we were able to do this Teddy book in the meantime. And then it became my first Kickstarter. I thought I've tried Indiegogo. I learned some stuff there. I want to try Kickstarter now. Yeah. Um, and I was happy with what we accomplished. I was able to learn, don't go for $30,000. And I went for 2000 this time, which is just what I needed to print the book. Cause the art was done. I, I self-funded all the art. Oh, that's um, awesome. And then, smart. yeah. So we hit that goal and I just got the book on wednesday last week so it's, it's right here um, oh, wow. very gratifying so yeah, shiny. it's my very first book so i'm very I'm feeling very good right now that i have yeah there. that's very awesome too uh so yeah. obviously shops are kind of open kind of closed at the moment you got the kickstarter successful if somebody wants to pick up this book though given the kickstarter is over where should they go to so I do plan to shop around to comic book shops in 2021, but first I'm doing one more crowdfunding run. Um, next month I'm going to be launching Indiegogo. So since we already were successful on Kickstarter, I wanted to give Indiegogo uh, fans a place to pick it up as well. And so I, I found some artists on my Instagram who work on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics and 
they put together yeah. a very, a very exclusive variant cover. Uh, so I'm going to launch next month on Indiegogo, uh, the issue number one with this new variant cover. And so you can get either the new variant cover, this cover, or both when we go live next month. And I'm probably going to launch on my birthday, which is January 18th. Just oh, happy birthday. birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. Great time. What can we get you? Oh, uh, perhaps your campaign. Fund your campaign. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, eventually you're going to um, Indiegogo the, the D, D, and Y that you're going to add to your name. Proving Alex's theory that you're secretly a Teddy. This is what I'm getting at. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Great, thank you, Justin. I hey, I'm always <laughs> when you're you are afraid to ask the deeply uh, gotcha questions. I'm happy to jump in, Alex. Yeah, that that's why we're America's premier news team. Oh 100%. boy, uh, T, thank you so much for coming on the show. Congratulations on the project. And, uh, happy advanced birthday as well. Oh, thank you. Uh, and uh, good luck with the rest. Of it, very excited to see issue one when it finally comes out. Excited uh, to see issue two when eventually comes out in a year or so. And uh, good luck. <laughs> and let me say, I'm looking forward to issue three and the more uh, more after that. Yeah, issue yeah. Four, though? Oh, yeah. No thanks. Issue five though. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations. More. Yeah. Thank you. See you, T. All right. Uh, there you go. T.E. Marshall with In Teddy We Trust, uh, which you can do a little internet search for and pick up, as he mentioned. Here's my uh, fun fact about Teddy Roosevelt. Did you know that he invented the daiquiri? Wow. Yeah. Uh, when he and the Rough Riders landed in Cuba, they wanted a drink to celebrate, so they invented the daiquiri. There you go. It takes a lot of balls to go into a bar and be like, make up a drink for me. I did something amazing. And it better have strawberries in it or whatever. Yeah. Make it frozen. I like it when it's frozen. Yeah. Do you want to just right. have a whiskey there, Rough Rider? He's like, no, no, I'll have some. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, there we go. It's Now it's time to move on to my favorite section, which is, I like to call it daiquiri time, but it's your audience question. Right. Yeah, get those questions in. We need, uh, we need them. And uh, for your audience questions, all you got to do is drop a question and ask a question here on Crowdcast. Over on YouTube, drop something in the comments section. Uh, questions about absolutely anything, uh, and we will answer it over there. I'll keep an eye on those. Also, give us a thumbs up. We always like a thumbs up over on the uh, old YouTube. And uh, tying into the daiquiri thing, well, let's talk about what we're drinking first. Mm-hmm. Pete, mm-hmm. what have you got? What's going on? What uh, I've got a nice, uh, nice Pinot Gris. It's called Sea Glass. You know, mm-hmm. two thousand two thousand nineteen. You know, oh, is it like lake in the beach? Yeah, it is. It's like if you threw a a bottle into the ocean 10 years ago and the glass got dull over the many years and it became one. Yeah, there's nothing like tasty glass. Uh, Justin, what you got going on? I'm drinking a little solid gold. Mm. Founders solid gold. It's a premium lager (laughs) for a premium guy. Wow. And. Alex, what um, bubblegum flavored wine are you drinking? <laughs> I mean, kind of. Uh, Pete's Punisher Slippers wanted to know if I was drinking a daiquiri. I should have been. I did not think about that. But I am actually having a uh, Bar Drake Manhattan that I made. Whoa. Uh, so I made, for Thanksgiving, we made way too much food for like basically two people, not including my kids because they ate noodles and stuff. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I made some cranberry sauce with port wine and figs. So I've had a ridiculous amount of port wine left 
So I found this drink. It's out of a bar Drake in San Francisco, and it's basically port wine, a bourbon, a dash of bitters, and a little bit of maple syrup. Like just like a tiny little spoonful of maple syrup to bind it together. <laughs> tiny so good. Spoonful. Great. Yeah, Beerkite PhD mentions it's all sugar. Yes, exactly. It sure 100%. is. It's like drinking a dessert that gets you wasted. Wow. All right. Living the dream. Yeah. It's good uh, stuff. Alex, you never fail to be yourself. A <laughs> sugar craving monster. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, it's actually real tasty. Uh, but I'm almost done with the port, so we'll see what happens. Uh, here's from Pete's Punisher Slippers. Seems like a Berlanti-esque Mandoverse is forming on Disney+. Plus. What shows would you like to be part of it? Uh, so potentially we're going to get into Mandalorian spoilers here, particularly for the last episode, because there's a lot of stuff going on. If you haven't caught up, uh, I would say turn away here or put on your uh, earmuffs. Uh, Joe says, isn't that just the Star Wars verse? Sure, but I think there's a difference between what they've had on screen and what they were trying to do on screen versus what they're doing on TV, potentially. So, obviously, you had the main trilogy Star Wars movies. You've had plenty of books. You've had plenty of video games. They tried to do spinoffs with Star Wars. Uh, Yes, that's true. Uh, They tried. uh So do we. Uh, uh, they tried to do spinoffs with uh, with um, uh, the Star Wars stories that didn't really pan out necessarily at all. Uh, but clearly Mandalorian is a huge success, and there's been a lot of rumors about live-action spinoffs from Mandalorian. So first there were rumors about, again, getting into spoilers here, but a Boba Fett show that might spin off of The Mandalorian. Now a lot of people after the last episode's couple of episodes are talking about is there going to be a like live action rebel spinoff is there going to be an ahsoka tano spinoff is there going to be anything like that uh or over here on youtube og mentions if they bring in a live action thrawn they need to bring in mara jade and go full thrawn trilogy uh first of all what do you think about this like do you want to see more shows specifically spinning off of the mandalorian and regardless, what other live-action Star Wars shows would you want to see? I'd love to see a cooking show where Yo- Baby Yoda cooks uh, frog lady eggs in a bunch uh, of different ways. Boo. Uh, I, w- ideas. I wanted to see a uh, Jason Sudeikis Stormtrooper spinoff show uh, where uh, you know he's just himself in a Stormtrooper outfit. Like yeah. cops, but with Stormtroopers? No, no. More, more comedy. How about Ted Blasto? There we go. <laughs> That's what you want. Blasto way. Uh, nah. What do you? Well, what do you think about the general idea of spinning off of Mandalorian in particular? I I I worry that spinning off Mandalorian is like a spinoff of a spinoff, and I think yeah. you're then a little too deep into the weeds of Star Wars. I think do another show from another section of the Star Wars universe that mm-hmm. is in itself one step away from the the Ur mythology that we've all now grown sick of. Uh, but uh, if we could get something that is. Um, I don't know. I don't. No, no one really wants an Ewok adjacent thing, but I think that's something outside of the world you could explore. Yeah, like Ewok adventures. Like they could do two movies, one about a caravan of courage or something like that, and another one. I wanted the Ewoks. The people in the comments are like very offended that I like Ewoks, but I'm saying people in general do not like the Ewoks. Yes. Don't don't hate me. Don't drag me for that. I'm just talking about these other people. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you, Justin. I think uh, Mandalorian, and I've been saying this all along, and I know some people in our comments and on our Slack have disagreed with this, but uh, it's at its best when it's its own thing, yeah. you know, when it holds to its own story. And it starts to get me worried, particularly in the season, when people are like, ooh, is it setting up Snoke? Is it setting up how Palpatine returns in Rise of Skywalker? Please, Black. no, no, please no, don't do that at no, all. No, The term setting up Snoke, don't uh, we know yeah. one needs that at all nobody yeah. needs that yeah. uh but uh like to your point they're talking about uh, they've been working on this obi-wan show forever yeah i think uh, if i remember correctly leslie Headland is working on a star wars show as well yep. that's set in some unrelated time period that's great like i i love star wars but i've always been very iffy about its breadth as a franchise and its ability to embrace different tones I would love to see people challenge that. I want to see people do what they did with the Mandalorian, where they're like, this is a very simple Western Saburai style show. Let's get a mystery show. Let's get a, you know, let's yeah. get a cop show. Let's get a medical show. I don't care. Like yeah. branch it out as much as possible. If anything, the Marvel universe proved that genre first is a very sound way to move forward in these larger expanded universes because it gives us something to hang on to that you're laying the superhero or in this case um, space opera tropes on top of Um, so like i want to see like a a romance pete get on board here give me like a a romeo and juliet style tale uh like what's the willow of the star wars universe where you get mad mardigan and sorsha Mm -hmm. who are those characters that's what i want wow yeah i mean i'm not Hearing about a spinoff does not make me excited. I do agree, though, that there could be some fun things to explore. I see uh, Eduardo said uh, Babu Frick, um, and I didn't know I wanted that until someone just said it, and now I want to see that. But, uh, you know, it's all about Fricks are upper. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, like a DIY. Yeah, like a a DIY Star Wars show. show. Yeah. Yeah. Babu Fricks are up. Uh, quick uh, side question. Uh, wasn't there a failed Ewok cartoon over in the YouTube comments? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there was a bunch of... Uh, there was an Ewoks cartoon. There was a Droids cartoon. There were also the two live-action Ewok movies, which I loved as a kid yeah. and are yeah. missing from Disney+. Plus. And it's legitimately a crime that I think... <laughs> wow. ...we should be arrested for. <laughs> slight wow. Slight yeah. overstatement. No, I don't think so. Uh, citizens arrest. Go get them, Alex. <laughs> yeah. What did you charge them with? Is that um, uh, failure childhood? to stream? <laughs> <laughs> wow, a lot of real criminals out there. We yeah. we fortunately can't be charged with that because all we do is stream. Yeah. Uh, regardless, I think they're going to have to ramp up what they're doing with Star Wars on Disney Plus. Certainly, there's not going to be any movies anytime soon, and they've uh, beyond anything really been in stasis with everything except for Mandalorian. Uh, so they got to fix it and figure it out because at this point, Marvel has so many properties. It's just it's a missed opportunity to not constantly have Star Wars in some way on TV. Yeah, I think. Uh, let's move over to a question here on YouTube. This is from the big. Uh, hi guys. Awesome show as always. So my college age daughter is writing a paper for school on the theme. What makes Spider-Man so timeless and why can anyone wow. wear the mask thoughts suggested source for her? Well, Great question. you know, Great first question. off, we're not going to do, you know, your daughter's homework for her. <laughs> you know, but I appreciate we're not gonna write her paper. Yeah, exactly. You know, 
for uh, for nothing. We're not going to do it for nothing. Exactly. Like times are tough. I'll write the paper. (laughs) 50 bucks or something like that. Very decent rates. There will be more like jokes than necessary in there, but you can just cut them. Punch them up. Yeah. (laughs) Put a punch up a lot of the thesis. Uh, What's the, um, the old thing we learned? I think they've moved on from this as a, where you do, um, it's a triangle in the first paragraph and then a square, square and a reverse triangle. It's like a oh, yeah. persuasive essay or something they called it when we were in mm-hmm. stupid school, back when school was wrong. <laughs> back about in a lot stupid of things. school, yeah. yeah. <laughs> back in stupid school. Well, it is true. That was like, it was called like a persuasive essay or something like that. And then after a while, they were like, this doesn't make any sense. No one wants this. The same thing with the food pyramid where they were like, eh, this was all just completely wrong. Yeah. So so sorry, everyone who can't eat right now. Uh, this is a little bit of a side thing before we actually answer the question here, but Pete's Punisher Slipper says, Pete, does your homework is not a Patreon tier. I'll tell you what, it is going to be after oh, the show. Yes. <laughs> I love uh, Pete doing it. Honestly, Pete will stress out about it. He'll be like, oh, man. I got I gotta do it. How much, Pete? What would be the proper tier for Pete does your homework? 50 <laughs> bucks, 100 bucks? I don't think there's the amount of money that you don't want me to. We have tickle <laughs> videos for 5,000 bucks. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen and i wasn't good at school so you don't want me doing any of this the beauty of this is pete would then have to hire a high school student to do the homework (laughs) and then he end up paying double for so pete would just be like (laughs) losing money yeah uh all right well back to this question though again what makes spider-man so timeless and why can anyone wear the mask i assume at least part of this is based on spider-man into the spider-verse where that's the whole theme of the movie so i mean that's an obvious one but uh i know it's weird to cite a movie but like there the text there and the layers there are great so i definitely look at that i i would say to get back to what kind of why anyone can wear the mask and want to make spider-man so great it's a struggle watching uh a spider-man whoever's wearing the mask uh, regardless of race or sex, like it's somebody trying to do good, trying to do the right thing, failing, making mistakes, falling down, getting back up, and hopefully succeeding and saving the day. We're rooting along uh, with this uh, person uh, to kind of win the day. And uh, that's what makes Spider-Man so great. And you get to see go up against incredible odds. So. Uh, I, I think Pete's 100 percent right, and I think the reason why it works for Spider-Man is because Spider-Man was one of the first heroes that I think had that level of struggle um, tied into it. It was about the angst. It, everyone identified so hard with Spider-Man that the mask and the the persona became larger, became an icon. And so I think once Spider-Man achieved that icon status, the symbol meant like someone who does good and suffers for it and has to struggle to do that and to get by. And that's why, as Pete's saying, now anyone who puts on the mask, that's the character they embody. So I think that's – and Miles Morales is a perfect example. Like it's a completely different uh, character, different situation, but the struggle it, it lines up. And I think that's why – that's the icon, – iconography is the – that's the homework right there. Yeah, I mean, I think jumping off of what you guys are saying, the thing that makes Spider-Man relatable is he gets the shit beat out, out of him all the time. Like, you look at Superman and he's always like, oh, I'm down, but I'm still the most powerful man in the world. There's times when Peter Parker it just has that classic, like, half his mask is ripped and his eyeball is hanging out. And he's like, I can't do this anymore. 
I'm going to try anyway, but I'm definitely going to lose. Some of my favorite Spider-Man scenes and the, the things that make it relatable is like, He's tagging along with the Avengers. Maybe he's not part of the Avengers. And they're still fighting, and he's lying on some rubble. And be like, guys, I need help. Yeah. And that that feels like the sort of thing, if any of us actually had superpowers, what would we be like? We wouldn't be like, I'm Steve Rogers. I'm super strong. I can do absolutely anything. It's You would be the regular guy that would try really hard and do the right thing no matter what, like you were saying, Justin. And I think another angle on it is the – tragic um beginnings same yeah. with batman like i feel like that really sticks with us where you're like uh especially the spider-man one is something that drives me crazy and uh, addicts me to certain stories where the hero could have easily stopped the bad thing from happening but for one just missed yeah, the opportunity the he, hard- let, he let the robber go the yeah. same way in dumb and dumber when they don't get on the bus at the end when they easily could, it's just they yeah. uh, and they go wow. and they try, you know what I'm saying. Same thing, quit, and that quit that's a great. Your head. Quit that's a great. <laughs> definitely think, cite that source in your paper. Dumb and Dumber minute like uh, yeah. one ten. <laughs> I think it's a, it's the hard lessons in life that they're they don't shy away from with Spider Man, and uh, you know that the the hard start like a lot of. I don't know. Maybe a lot of people would have given up after that whole fiasco with your uncle dying and being like, every time I put on this thing, somebody could die. It's the sad moments of Spider-Man's life that we get to witness to see him or her, whoever's wearing the mantle, like struggle with it. And I think it's, uh, I think it's just one of those things that is timeless and something we can always relate to. And that's why whenever Pete sees someone who he thinks is a robber, he beats the shit out of him. That's right. Better safe than sorry. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Just talking about sources, though, beyond that, uh, it's tough to think of scholarly works that you might use for a college essay versus comic books. The first one that comes to mind, though, in terms of a comic book is Spider-Man Blue by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, just because that's something that delves very deeply into the psychology of Spider-Man and why he does what he does. So that's something you could certainly do if you want to go to why anyone can wear the mask. I would certainly look to the Miles Morales stuff that Brian Michael Bentis has written, uh, because that's the germ of the idea that went into Spider-Verse. Um, any other any other comics or books, potentially, anybody might uh, recommend? Uh, you can look up um, Spider on Wikipedia. A good starting wow. point. Wow. <laughs> you can just say no, Justin. You can just say no. <laughs> no, but Alex sounded really smart with all he, he said, so I wanted to yeah. contribute. Yeah, no, that was good. I love Wikipedia. They're looking for funding right now. You should really support yeah, you guys support. <laughs> it is um, thankful Tuesday, I think, or Giving Tuesday. Yeah, Giving Tuesday. There you go. Uh, all right, let's uh, move over to Kevin's question here on Crowdcast. What are some of the wildest interpretations of historical figures that you enjoy? Ooh, wildest nice. interpretations of historical figures. Uh, Harriet Tum- Tubman, Vampire Hunter, wasn't that like? The Harriet Tubman, like, sure. badass, where she was just, like, fighting vampires and shit, yeah. uh, and werewolves. Uh, also, Abe Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Thank you, Pete's Punisher Slippers. Nice. Thanking your own slippers. I feel like I mentioned this recently, but um, the first arc of Jerry Dugan and Brian Posehn's Deadpool, yeah. where they just had all of the presidents coming back to life. Great. Super fun. Uh, yes, very fun. Um I'm trying to think of something, especially something that's not a president. Um, 
Uh, I mean, the one that comes to mind is the uh, the Mark Russell did a series about Jesus, basically, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was uh, fun, wild, lightly controversial. Um, cool. We're gonna need. We need to read some more history, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. There Otherwise, you go. we'll be destined to repeat it. I mean the the Jesus and Easter Bunny uh, kind of sightings in that uh, show. Uh, why am I blanking on the amazing show that we do a podcast about? Um, wait, Talking about preacher? No, no, no. Uh, Jesus and the Easter Bunny, um, and there was an amazing car episode in it too. American Gods. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. Coming back January 10th, American Godcast. Check it out on iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. <laughs> yes. We're definitely going to be back on top of it by then. <laughs> <laughs> it's been show. a while. It's okay. <laughs> Pete's yeah. main takeaway from that show is there's a cool car and a die. It is crazy. You're like, Jesus, the Easter Bunny, and there's a cool car. And I was like, that could yeah. be almost anything. That could be a, could be a Hallmark car. <laughs> Uh, question here on YouTube from Nelson Martinez. What are your guys' favorite snack or food to pair with beer or vice versa? Ooh. Ooh, I mean, it's hard for me to not eat a chip. I love chips. We talk about <laughs> chips a lot. Uh, but let me expand and talk about nachos. Mm. Oh, nice. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, a little uh, chip. The floor is yours. <laughs> <laughs> so let me start with my um, inciting thesis, and then I'm going to go into um, down into my thesis statement. Um I like a good nacho. I like a nacho that you um, you layer the the toppings with the chips. Then you bake it for a little too long so that it's like the chips are a little too crispy. And the cheese is a little brownie, a little browned on top. Um, then you hit it with some guac uh, when on its way out the door. And that's and you, <laughs> you, you, sir, ma'am, have, have you, hit yourself a nacho. I will say, uh, Justin, you make, a good, you make a good guac, Justin. Thank have, you, Alex. Ooh, that no hits problem. Right in the when we uh, back when people are allowed to go other, over other people's houses, uh, we would go over and uh, watch American God screeners sometimes. Yeah, and you would make some guac, and it was a very nice guac. Thank you. I do. Uh, I pride myself on guac. I also make a um, a salsa, a kiwi salsa that is uh, very good. Uh, I'll make nice. that next time I see you. In maybe on one of our funerals, I assume. <laughs> so, you know what? Just instead of dirt, throw guac on my coffin. <laughs> <laughs> Weird section of Alex's will. He wants <laughs> President Justin Tyler to throw guac. On. His dying word was make him into nachos. <laughs> uh, that actually would be a nice way to go, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. Uh, yeah. Just to answer the question, uh, nuts, mixed nuts. I actually really love nuts. I had this. Come on. Get it no, I more. do. <laughs> I do. I know it's like a typical bar stack, but I really love nuts. And nobody else in my family eats yeah. nuts. My wife is allergic to nuts, so we never get them. So it always feels like a nice treat when I have them. Wow. Uh, Bearcat PhD beat me to it. A nice soft pretzel. Giant, mm. giant soft pretzel is great. Mm. Uh, throw some beer cheese over there with that pretzel. Oh yeah, I, I think a, it. I I also like a nice a mix of like uh, chips and different kind of snacks. You know. Uh, oh, you mean all snacks you like? <laughs> no, no, I mean like you know how they do a party mix of different like you know I'll put the cheese doodles in there, with some pretzels, yeah. some chips. Mm, you know, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wait, if you're getting a party mix, uh, what's the first thing you eat, or what's the best thing, and why is it the rye toasts? It is the rye toast. It's right? not the rye toast. It, it is, is not the rye toast. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 
No way. Uh, when we were recording a podcast one day uh, over at Pete's apartment in, oh, boy. Uh, in Brooklyn, super early in the morning, and Pete, Pete laid out this spread that included <laughs> – Pete, please correct me because I don't remember everything. It was like donuts. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say salsa and chips. Yep. Some randomly sized cheeses. Yep. Uh, hard pretzels. Mm-hmm. Hit, hit me up. What else you got? What, there was like the most – <laughs> spread out spread yeah i, I had uh, didn't have mozzarella artichokes and uh uh kind of a meat to go on the cracker you know i usually mm-hmm. do a prosciutto or a capicola <laughs> here we go yeah yeah i mean it was great it was great it was we'll a weird stomach mix i'll tell you that much and real quick alex before we leave this behind give us your nut power rankings everybody's waiting for it oh are there nut power rankings give us the, when you're going through your mixed nuts are you going oh man you're know, hitting macadamia are you almonding it up you getting walnuts i mean cashew, the, come on. cashew is the cashew cashew, king, cashews are great because you got like cashew a little bit king. of sweetness from the cashew i always like a pecan or uh because that's surprising like it's surprising yes. to have a pecan in There's there. There's no more surprising nut than the pecan. <laughs> yes, <laughs> almonds are always good. I'll always eat almonds. I love eating like different flavors of almonds. I often, yes. if I get like one of the little uh, canisters of flavored almonds, I'll be like, I'll have a couple of them, and then they're gone. And you uh, just get almonds that are like in a, um, a canister of honey or some sort of um, <laughs> maple syrup <laughs> almond. <laughs> uh, I actually try to avoid the sweet almonds. I usually have like a spicy, like a soy sauce. Almond or something like that. Wasabi Ooh. almond. Stop naming wow. nuts. Alex <laughs> Do you know what the word uh, sir? Wait, gotta, I'll put it at the bottom though. I gotta because say, I just had a nut mix uh, last night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alex not to brag. I don't want to brag. I had a nut mix last night. Yeah. Stop flexing on that us, nut flex. Uh, okay. Hazel nuts. right at the bottom. Just like unnecessary. They're too hard. Don't really taste like much. <laughs> uh, Beecratz to PhD says, don't, don't say, say Nutflex. Nut I'll say Nutflex. Stop Nutflex. Uh, okay, I won't say Nutflex anymore. I, I think you mean yeah. Netflix. Like you mean Netflix. Yeah. That's how it started, actually. <laughs> I got to say. Let's uh, out into movies, they said. What's your favorite show on Nutflex right now? <laughs> oh, my God. What's your top? What's on the Nutflex top? Uh, Hazelnut of Cards. Love that. Oh, wow. Stranger <laughs> Picards. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, I would like to say, uh, speaking of pecans, I uh, made a uh, chocolate uh, pecan and bourbon pie for Thanksgiving. It was delicious. Ooh, that does sound good. Nice. Very good, Pete. Uh, great questions, did you everybody. Say, did you say for Christmas? Oh, I meant to say Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, this rub, yeah, just you made it early. I'll, I'll make it, it again. Yeah, I'll you make it again. You don't have to age the pie. Just <laughs> uh, Pablo asks, "Wonder Woman 1984 coming to theaters and HBO Max on Christmas Day? Thoughts?" Yep, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna risk uh, my life and go see it. Really. Yeah. He's oh. still pushing the. I'm gonna go to find move. a drive-in. Uh, I gotta find oh, a drive-in. No. Your life that's staying safe in your car, Pete. Yeah, yeah. But thank you for your concern, Joe. But actually, Stray Bullet hooked me up uh, with his uh, password, so I don't have to risk my life. So I'm excited. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, yeah. Nice. We talked about this a bit on the Week and Geek podcast, but 
I would love to see Wonder Woman in a theater. I am yes. also at the same time very excited to be able to just watch it at home in my pajamas on Christmas Day. That sounds very nice. Yes. Sounds like and a great the, Christmas. The trailer was airing over the Thanksgiving weekend. I saw it a couple times uh, during the football games um, and horrible football games. On Thanksgiving, yes. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I mean, on a related topic, uh, there was an article in Variety today about how WB and other production companies are basically dealing with reality that theaters may not widely be open through a lot of 2021 either, just because. Wait, are yes. you talking about the dub, 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 WB? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. That guy. Not necessary. Yeah. Uh, not only do we do old stuff, we do old promos for TV networks that <laughs> stop airing. Give me your UP, your favorite UPN promo. Real quick. Oh my gosh, uh, we we do a Homeboys in Outer Space podcast that we <laughs> oh, wow. don't post. Good. We don't post hey. it anywhere. Yeah, we just shout at each other over the phone. Still repping yeah. that pig pen. If anyone remembers that sitcom, yeah. Uh, but they were talking about in the article that uh, everybody is kind of dealing with reality and the theaters are going to be closed for a while. And are they going to go the Wonder Woman route, particularly for WB movies on HBO Max? Uh, they've talked about it for a lot of them. Like there's a new Tom and Jerry movie they might put on there. There's a couple of other movies. Weirdly, they decided, no, no, the new Mortal Kombat remake. <laughs> that's got to be in theaters. We're going to delay that one. But yeah. Disney is going through a similar thing where they have a bunch of product, not Black Widow. That's definitely going to theaters whenever theaters widely reopen. But everything else, including like Cruella, which is the Emma Stone villain focused 101 Dalmatians movie, other things of that sort. They're all Can't talking wait. about like bringing it directly to Disney plus. Uh, honestly, I think that's okay, personally. Like, again, I want theaters open as much as anybody else because I love going to them. But put the stuff out. Like, I think it's okay to put them on streaming services. It's not ultimately going to end up hurting theaters. And I do think theaters are in trouble no matter what happens mm -hmm. here on out. Um, but I do think it is better because on the po more positive side, the back, when theaters do open, I predict theaters will open fully like May 2021. And we're going to get the most insane blockbuster movie season in our lifetimes. Yeah. It's going to be every weekend, just two powerhouse movies going back uh, head to head oh, because they have to keep schedules with all these other things going on. It's going to be wild. It's going to yeah, be everybody maybe just sobbing with happiness, touching each other. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of kissing in movie theaters again, especially <laughs> strangers. And yes. Pete's, Pete's oh, going to kiss strangers in movie theaters. Not it's me, because be I will like be that, sitting uh, next to That them, photo from the end of World War II in Times Square that we all later found out was really objectionable and she didn't want to be kissed, except every day in movie theaters all the time. Yes. It's going to be it, very bad. Well, let's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be bad nice. news, everybody. Keep them closed. Uh, uh, getting back to my DeLorean, this is another one over on YouTube. Tom Eamon says, hoping to see a Luke Skywalker cameo on Mandalorian. I know it's a long shot, but it would be awesome. Love the show. Thanks for the entertainment every week, guys. Uh, thank you, Tom, for tuning in. That's awesome. That's nice. Uh, what do you think about that? Again, this is getting into Thanks. spoilers for Stop. the Mandalorian. But there's a tease that beyond Ahsoka Tano, we might see another Jedi coming up. A lot of people think it's Luke. There's been a fan push to have Sebastian Stan playing a young version of Luke Skywalker. Is that something you want to see on the show? Uh, we could say uh, no. I right? want to see somebody like working on a mechanical 
I want to see someone just working on a mechanical hand and not talk about mm-hmm. who it's for. And I think that's enough. What? Well, want to see that? You want to see Luke Skywalker's hand guy? Yeah, yeah, the guy who made Luke Skywalker's hand because that mm-hmm. thing's amazing. The reflexes, it seems like he he doesn't lose any dexterity. It's very impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his uh, defense against dark magic, though, is like plus nine. Uh, so that's pretty good as well. Uh, somebody mentions here, give me Ezra. Oh, Joe says, give me Ezra Bridger. I think that's a more likely possibility. I don't think they're going to do Luke because they've been so reticent to recast parts in the Star yeah. Wars stuff. I think if anything, we'll get a live action Ezra Bridger. We'll get some Jedi we haven't thought about for a while or something like that. Um, somebody's going to show up probably right at the end of the season. Um, but I think it's going to be something like season one ended with the Darksaber, this thing that you saw and you're like, ooh, that looks cool. What is that? And then the people yeah. who are in the know are like, okay, that actually has a deep history in Star Wars, the Clone Wars and other things. Um, so I think we'll probably get something more like that where it's not here's Luke Skywalker so much as here's a thing that looks cool but doesn't mean much to casual fans but means a lot more to serious fans. I think that's 100%. Sounds fun. There you go. Fun is fun. (laughs) Uh, Question from Eduardo over on Crowdcast. Now that you guys review almost every comic released in the stack, do you have trouble remembering what happened to the last issue of a given series? If so, do you have methods for keeping things straight when comics do not have a recap? Uh, Great question. question. Uh, First of all, just like a point of order about uh, the stack that I'll say. Oh, is, well, no, no, no. Oh. This is like something that I actually think about a lot because we've been doing a lot more comic books of the stack, but we're still not doing everything necessarily. We still, uh, when we're sending out stuff, we do try to do number ones, big issues, uh, titles that we're following, um, things like that, but it's not covering absolutely everything. I think if we're covering everything, we die. Probably. We're covering everything we do. One more comic each week. Yes, exactly. It's still a lot more than we used to be doing, I think, on the stack. Uh, and we all agree that it's great. No, no, no. Eduardo says, my bad, Alex. No, not at all. No bad at all. I just wanted to specify that we're doing a lot more, but there are still other comics out there that we're not necessarily covering. Uh, but what do you guys think? Are there ways that you use to keep track of everything? Are you having problems keeping track of everything, given the amount of comics that we're reviewing now? <laughs> Long pause. Uh, sorry, I just forgot your name and the other guy's name. Uh, <laughs> real quick, uh, no, uh, I surprise. I'm always surprised by how much I retain from comics. It means I've de- uh, devoted too much of my brain to remembering yeah, a series of nonsensical um, nouns and adjectives. Uh, but um, I think it's. I think comic book writers and artists do, and editors do an amazing job of information even without a recap page that it's very easy to just key back into what's going on yeah i think uh just uh, if i don't remember what happened i will ask uh one of these gents here like wait what the fuck happened before this um but usually when i start reading it again it kind of clicks like oh i remember where we left off um once you kind of like get into it uh but yeah it's one of those things where um like uh, denser comics are a little bit harder to kind of re- retain. Uh, sometimes you got to look back and kind of mm-hmm. just like read the one before it. But 
usually because we read so many comics, it just takes a couple pages for me to kind of get back in the swing of it. Yeah. Uh, the thing that I think is weirdly hardest for me is particularly with DC books, cross continuity stuff where I'm trying to remember, mm-hmm. okay, does Superman know about this thing that happened in his history based on the new 52? Or is that something that got wiped away? Maybe there was another comic book where they mentioned this thing about Jason Todd that I'm not remembering. So there's a lot of stuff, particularly with uh, DC continuity because they keep rebooting it rebooting it that gets confusing for me marvel is weirdly easier in a way because nothing is forgotten so it feels like all right i may not remember this thing that happened 10 years ago and deadpool but it doesn't matter as much because it is continuous you know what i mean yeah um i also think uh i mean the area i don't can't remember on a month-to-month basis is why anyone likes foggy nelson is that you're you you're a that, fucking piece of shit all right fuck you I maybe mean, i'm just forgetting it maybe i'm just it's, forgetting it. I have a it's not bad enough i gotta get shit from zalbin on slack then you're gonna fucking jump on in this fucking bullshit uh, I'll, uh, there's a comment here, not to take it away from this, but JMC Hammer says, with Undiscovered Country, I had to reread the past few issues each time when a new one came out. Um, that is very fair. Uh, Undiscovered Country, to me, is one of these books like Walking Dead, where I would read the book and be like, I understand the place this character holds in the story, but for the life of me, I cannot remember who they are or what previously has happened to them. But particularly when we're reviewing stuff, and maybe this is bad, but I sort of push that to the side and instead concentrate on the issue and how it works as a story in the issue. So what do I understand about this character and their place in the story they're telling over the course of this 20 to 24 page uh, story that they're telling right here? Um, uh, That does mean, yes, I am forgetting things that happened in Undiscovered Country. Definitely Walking Dead, I was like, I don't know who this guy is. He was introduced 20 issues ago. (laughs) He looks exactly like this other guy that they introduced. I'm not sure. He seems to have a hat, so maybe Mm -hmm. that's... I should look that up, the hat he has. Do you know what I was thinking about with Walking Dead, both with the comic and TV shows the other day? It's surprising that there aren't more characters with the same name. Like, you feel like there should be a lot of mics. Right mm. in Walking Dead, just well, like you're talking about it in in a real world Walking yeah. Dead situation. Exactly, they'd be all, like a bunch of Mikes and a bunch of Sarahs. Yeah, they'd be like Mike got killed by a zombie. They'd be like, Oh no, Mike, and be like, No, 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 sorry, uh, Mike, Mike, Mike C, Mike C, <laughs> Mike C yeah. got killed. Yeah. Okay, Alex and Pete. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Justin. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, ooh, we got a saucy question here from Crowdcast uh, from Ben the Border Collie. Anyone else experiencing some Tom King fatigue? Oh, I love this writing, but today's selections barely seem coherent to me. Uh, I'll mention we are going to be talking about a fair amount of Tom King stuff over on our stock podcast. Yes, we are. So in case you didn't pick up the DC stuff, I don't think we necessarily need to spoil it. Um, uh, but what do you think? Is he... Are you experiencing Tom King fatigue yet? Pete, it sounds ex- like maybe you are. Well, with the weirder stuff, I can get at me a little bit. Like with the, you know, Strange Adventures, um, it can get a little bit weird. But other Tom King, I can't get enough of. Like the Batman, Catwoman, like, you know, his Batman stuff, can't get enough of. But when he gets a little, 
kind of like uh, a little bit more esoteric or really kind of crazy with the storytelling that that can be a little tough like that whole like therapy one where all the uh, superheroes were going to like this therapy place that one got a little heroes in crisis yeah yeah uh, Justin, what were you going to say about this? Uh, I, I'm not getting fatigued by it, but I, I hear that because I do think he uses some similar uh, ways of, of time dashing, I think, through a lot of his books um, that are a little bit – that can be obtuse. Um, no. And it, it, it makes you feel like, oh, I don't know – do I not know what's happening or did I miss something? Um, but I do think he, he's such a good writer that if you move past that feeling and being like, no, I – I trust that that this is all driving toward a uh, a purpose. Then I think uh, I, I don't have that same fatigue uh, with that with that trust. But Justin, I just want you to be careful. I don't know if you've seen Shawshank, but be careful who you call obtuse, okay? Because some people aren't going to take it well. Wow, truth. That's uh, why I stay out of jail. I will say, and this is pursuant to our previous discussion, but uh, without getting too much into spoilers or anything, but reading Batman. Catwoman today, that was something that took me a minute to get back into the rhythm of that book because his Batman has not come out for, I don't know, months, a year, something like that at this point. Yeah. I honestly don't remember. And that does have a very different rhythm, a very different pacing, a very different structure from Strange Adventures, from Rorschach, from the other stuff that he's done. Um, so there was a point in that where I was like, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. And then I sort of clicked into it halfway through, but the stuff that he's doing is interesting and he's working with amazing artists and the layouts are great. And so for that, I get how it could reach a point where it's feels kind of samey, but the stuff that, like you were saying, Justin, the stuff that he's doing is so smart and so interesting. I'm, I'm willing to follow it for now. And the issues that came out today, I thought, were two of my favorites um, from what he's been working Guys, on. Guys, let's save this for the stack. You don't want to spend it all here. You know what I mean? I don't want to re-listen to the same bullshit you tw- tread over on the stack, all right? Yeah. I would hate for you to have to listen twice, Pete. Yeah, I know. What That's a taxing <laughs> thing for poor yeah. Pete to have to do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got one last question here that uh, we'll answer. Uh, Joe asks... What wealthy superheroes uh, should wealthy, excuse me, should wealthy superheroes be held up to the magnifying glass that we hold real world wealthy elite to in the form of comic books? Are they just ingrained in escapist fantasy? Personally, I would go towards the latter unless that's the story a writer is trying to tell. What do you guys think? I don't know how much we hold up real world rich people to any sort of moral standard. <laughs> uh, we let them get away. I mean, let them. We they get away with whatever they want most ninety eight percent of the time. So um, I feel like that is reflected a bit in the comic book uh, universe. Pete, I don't know, man. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's tough because it is a comic book, so. You know, I feel like rich people are more annoying in real life and can be a little bit more fantastical in comic books. And I don't root against them as much in comic books, depending on how they're written. But I understand what they're saying. And yeah, I mean, it it would be nice if rich people had a little bit more accountability. The problem is that there isn't really a one-to-one because you don't see Mike Bloomberg dressing it as a bat at night and fighting crime. Don't you? I've seen that. Oh, yeah. Oh, you see that? that? 
Yeah. Yeah. When he was uh, mayor, he was always up on going? Oh, okay. He was always like, I'm vengeance of the night. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I remember. I'm remembering that now. You remember when Elizabeth Warren was like, where do you get those wonderful toys? Uh, <laughs> like where? <laughs> Tell us where you got those wonderful toys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She, she lost uh, running for president because she asked everybody if they wanted to see a magic trick, right? Yeah. <laughs> She's the joker. She's the joker. Of the and that pencil disappeared. Nobody voted for her after that. That's you just you just gave a Joker quote. You said, "Where did you get this wonderful toys?" Yes, but I was describing another person. I like the, oh, the fact okay. that Elizabeth Warren is the Joker is a wild idea. I mean, she's burning I mean, piles of money everywhere. You know what I'm talking about? Wow. To be fair, she basically did that to Mike Bloomberg on that stage, <laughs> and he left the race in shame. She magic tricked uh, that pencil yes, into his campaign's bad. brain. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. We could talk about democratic primary politics real quickly, right? Uh, absolutely. Uh, but I, I think that's the point, is that I understand there there's stories to be told of, like, holding Bruce Wade's feet to the fire. 100%. The I, Alfred needs to unionize. He's yes. a one-man union. Where, where, Alfred is not getting what his due. What's yeah. his, what's his well, retirement package like? He's dead, so it's hard for him to do that. Ouch. Okay. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, where do his uh, 401k? Where are his uh, bennies? Exactly. Uh, there's stories you can tell based on that, I think. But the way that superhero comics are told, I don't think that... Like, Bruce Wayne does not act like that. Tony Stark does not act like that. They have things that are pressing to their time in terms of fighting people in the street, you know, or in space or wherever else. So it's not a one-to-one. But... That doesn't mean that, like, I think a Tom King, for example, could do a great job of showing a realistic, here's what happens when Bruce Wayne is shown, you've been fucking shit up. I think, like, in a certain way, Scott Snyder did that quite a bit throughout his run, honestly. For sure. I think it's been touched upon a little bit. Should be more true, though. I think we should hold real-world billionaires to the comic book standard. And I think once a year, Jeff Bezos needs to dress up and fight some crime. He needs to build an Iron Man suit and, like, yeah. you know, have it blow up. I would just, I would love to see the billionaires all come together in some sort of event that, you know, changes everything and, like, sets up whatever's <laughs> next for the billionaires. That would be super fun. <laughs> yeah. With the crossover. Exactly. All right. That is it for your audience questions. Yeah. 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 Uh, next up, it is time for trivia, and for that, we're going to turn it over to Pete LePage. All right. This, this is the part we give back to you, the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to win $25 free in the form of a gift card to Midtown Comics online. Uh, whoever would like uh, $25 free, please just raise their hand in any of the... On YouTube or on Crowdcast, wherever on, you we are. we got to Crowdcast it up. We haven't invited anyone into the stream in quite a while. Yeah, while uh, while we're waiting for somebody to say hand up, Josh mentions Mark Russell would do a scathing take on billionaire superheroes. Uh, yeah, there was Billionaire Island, which is still running, which is great. I will say Leanne Ramos does a hand up here on YouTube. All right. to do that, Pete. Well, why don't we work? go with the first hand up? Yeah, let's do that. All right, there we go. Leanne Ramos, you are up in the stream, so just drop your answers in the comments on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, but Pete is going to ask away. You ready, Pete? Yes. All right. So I'm going to read you a question. Listen to all three possible answers. 
and then uh, get all three questions right. $25 will be yours. Today's trivia is on topical comic news. Thank you, Zalvin. All right. <laughs> yes. Here, here we go. Yes. Question, topical. Question this number I, this one. Is, this is where I get my news, just so everybody knows. <laughs> I don't get any news anywhere else. This is my primary news source. Yeah. yeah. I actually I hit the paywall with Pete so I don't get the news from it. <laughs> oh, man. Too many articles. Yeah, you read too, too many, many articles from Pete. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Question number one. This image slash top cow series is returning, and Sarah Piznini is taking the mantle as blank. Is it A, the darkness, B, Witchblade, or is it C, Tim Blake Nelson? So it's either A, don't pick it, or it's B, which would be the correct answer. And obviously we're waiting for um, the YouTube answer to come through because of the delay. So I'm going to run a quiz while we're waiting for the delay. <laughs> wow. And, and mine is just, a, I just need, what was the wrong answer that Pete just set out? So uh, Pete obviously has just said there are two, there are three answers. There's um, uh, one of them is. <laughs> <laughs> I think Tim Blake Nelson, is this Incredible Hulk? Is that uh, the Robin Williams movie that you're doing this time? Uh, no, that is not the movie. Uh, no, but okay. uh, I appreciate where your head's at. Ooh, uh, Leanne says B. That is correct. Yes. Witchblade. Witchblade yes, is Witch coming Blade. back. And of course, the answer to my quiz was A, whichever oh. one he said before that. Okay, okay second question. Marvel's new Valkyrie is a drinker just like blank. Is it A, movie Valkyrie, B, old school comic Valkyrie, or is it C, Holly Hunter? So which one is it? Is it A, if you want to be correct, or is it B, if you don't want to be correct? Which answer did Pete just say that was incorrect? Not the one that's his secret quiz, which, as we all know, is C. He had mentioned two other answers, one of which was A and one of which was B. Which one was incorrect? Hmm. And uh, I have a quiz on Justin's quiz, which is uh, which answer was incorrect that Justin pushed people towards guessing that uh, was incorrect? <laughs> oh, Leon says A. A is correct. And wow, mine was B. Oh, and oh, mine was nice. A. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Last one. We've effectively ruined Pete's only section of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, after all these years. All right. Creators are still working on what project, despite the fact that Marvel has canceled it? Is it A, Web of Spider-Man, B, Hickman's X-Men, or is it C, Giovanni Rabisi? So it's either <laughs> wow. A, wow, or it's B, which is something that I wish was true, but unfortunately it's not true. Uh, so while we wait for Leah to answer, I just want to mention the crazy wait. thing that just happened here in the comments. So as we all know, Pete uh, suggests a Robin Williams movie with the third answers of the questions, uh, you said Holly Hunter, you said Tim Blake Nelson. Before you even said C, Kevin typed in Giovanni Rubisi, and then wow. you said Giovanni And Rubisi. then you said it. And Yo, then- that's the ultimate flex, is predicting Pete's the answer. That's a flex. <laughs> that Kevin. is a flex. Uh, the answer is A. 
That is correct. Congratulations. Uh, You have won a $25 gift card to Midtown Comics. Shoot us an email with your email to comicbookclublive at gmail.com. We'll get that right out to you, and you can enjoy it in the safety of your own home. Um, uh, Kevin, what is the movie that that Pete is talking about? What's up, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. It would be crazy if Kevin also didn't know the movie. He just guessed Giovanni. <laughs> <laughs> he just loves saying Giovanni Ribisi. Yeah. I would have said Eliza Dushku. That used to be your good, too. Kevin, Kevin is correct. The movie is called The Big White. The Big nice. White. And, of course, that movie is available streaming right now on Netflix. As we all know, tomorrow is New Comic Book Day, except for DC Comics, which are already out. You can get them Already anywhere. out! But, Pete, what are you looking forward to that's coming out tomorrow? What do you want to plug? What are you excited oh, for? Oh, man, I'll tell you what I'm excited for is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Jenica uh, 2, number 2 mm. of 6. Very excited about that. And then King in Black, I'm excited for as well. Yeah, big Venom event coming. Justin, what about you? Big Venom event. Um, Venom. The- Venom, uh, the Jenica issue that Pete talked about, that's a Teenage Ninja Turtle series that uh, we've all loved in all the yeah. times we've been reading it. So very uh, down for that. Um, I'm going to throw to a sort of weird one. Uh, there's a book coming out tomorrow called Fantastic Four Road Trip. Uh, yeah. Which is no. wild. No, you like that? Um, I it, Obviously, it comes out tomorrow, so no one has read it yet because it does not have been released. <laughs> but I'm very excited for it. It feels I like an interesting... to dark... rip into you about that. Why don't you rip into me? I'm just a... Well, uh, Pete, you're going to have to rip it to me, too, because Good. I'm also excited I'm about that. I'm going to both you assholes. Yeah, excited for people to check that out. I'll also plug, though, Far Sector number 9 is coming out yeah. with DC Comics. Uh, great Green Lantern back. So good. I just get so excited when I see this is in the stack so we so can talk good. about it because it is fantastic. And we and, mentioned earlier, but the two, the two Tom King books, Strange Adventure 7 and uh, Batman Catwoman, were very are going to be very good, in my prediction. Yes, we will see what happens. Uh, well, all of those are going to be in our Stack podcast, which comes out of the Comic Book Club feed in its own Stack feed, 9 a.m. tomorrow. And folks, I think that is it for our show! Before we go, thank you very much to our guest today, T.E. Marshall, a.k.a. Teddy Marshall. And Teddy we trust. Wow. You can check that wow. out now. Yeah, I'm calling it about. I'm doing it. Uh, next week on the show, we are going to have a bunch of guests here. Scott Zakarian and James Gavsey from the Rideshare Podcast. And also Ryan Hack from Brick Brack 2, a fantasy Christmas story. is going to be here yeah. to help get the holiday season kicked off, so that should be fun. Also, Umbrella Academy, our Umbrella Academy podcast is ongoing, uh, so definitely subscribe to that. Also, very soon, our Chilling Adventures of Sabrina podcast, Chilling Podcast of Sabrina, is coming back. So subscribe to that to get prepped. It's all coming out on Woo-hoo. December 31st. Patreon.com slash comic book club to support this show and the other shows we do. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice at Comic Book Live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. Until next time, this is Comic Book Club saying don't forget the Netflix and we'll see you in NetFan. Uh. <laughs> Sit on crappy couches and they let the secrets leak. And I wish you know they let that special guest speak. So grab your green hammer.
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.